Welcome to Saga Thing, where for the past 10 years we've been putting the sagas of Icelanders on trial. I'm John. And I'm Andy. And on this day, September 13th, when we're recording, Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, we posted our very first episode of Saga Thing. Um, Not to begin by contradicting you, but it was actually our first episodes. There were were three of them. Three episodes? Yep. Wow. Okay. Yeah, so we, we started out with... Three introductory episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I remember we we covered the settlement age, but what else? What 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 else did we cover? We covered well, other things. I remember we, sagas or something. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, maybe sagas or something. Uh, we talked about the political and social structures of the Commonwealth period. Uh, we oh, talked about the yeah. conversion and Iceland's eventual submission to Norway in the 13th century. That's a lot. Well, that was that's one episode we talked about. We also talked about sagas. Uh, we laid out what they are, what genres and categories they've been slotted into by later critics. And then we rounded it all off with a bit of theory. Oh, yeah. The, the, the old uh, book prose versus free prose thing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, we haven't brought that up recently, but that was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, I've, I, it's 10 years ago. I, I honestly forgot that we did three separate episodes for the intro. Well, That's I mean, you crazy. could argue that it was one episode because we called it 1A, 1B, and 1C. Uh, <laughs> but it was almost two hours of content. Oh, wow. Well, okay. Here, here's what I like about that, John. Besides the fact that I contradicted you and then agreed with you? <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. That's fine. That's normal. That's normal. Because uh, you're, you're – I, I feel like your first impulse, if people have been listening to this podcast for a while, John's first impulse is to contradict me and then to oh, figure yes. out what I'm actually trying yes. to say. Exclusively he, my impulse, Andy. If one yeah. of us has younger brother energy, it's definitely me. <laughs> <laughs> Great. All right. Well, uh, to be to be honest with you, it has been ten years, and I I genuinely forgot that we started out with three episodes or three parts or however you want to call it. Uh, but I do like. I have to admit this. I like at this stage, ten years later, that we were smart enough. To start with three parts rather than kind of pushing it all all together. We had a lot to say and we broke it up into manageable chunks, both for us and for our listeners. We were smart back then. What's happened since then? Yeah, you're setting up a criticism of where we are now, like two-hour episodes and whatnot. But I'm going to point out that we're typically covering four or five chapters per episode. Yeah. We, don't, we can't break it up any further. We're down to one chapter an episode, Andy. Yeah, well, if I know us and we broke it down to one to two chapters per episode, we would still go for two hours. It doesn't oh, matter no how doubt. many chapters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, John, here we are. Ten years of saga thing. Mm-hmm. That's a decade of saga summary and analysis and silliness from the two of us. That's crazy. Mostly silliness. Yeah, well, uh, according to Podbean and Apple, we have produced 169 episodes in that time. Ten years, huh. 169 episodes. All right, quick Andy math. How many episodes a month are we averaging for 10 years oh. if we have 169 episodes? <laughs> that is not nice, John. You can control um, the editing on this, so I'm assuming any awkward pause that follows will be cut out. No, no, no. <laughs> we're gonna go, we're going straight with this. Okay. Okay. My my quick guess, it, without doing any math at all, is that we have to have done like something like I'm going to go 2.3. We've done at least two point two episodes per month, but I'm going to go 2.3 to give us a little a little edge. 
Okay. But uh, I mean, I've already got I'm the gonna... answer if you want it. No, let me let me process this. Okay. So we got twelve months in a year times ten yes, years. Well done. One hundred twenty. Okay, Good. you with me? Okay. So far, uh, we've got one hundred sixty nine episodes divided by one twenty. Oh, but, but that's not that's not two. <laughs> that's what my brain's telling me, John. It's not two. Good job. It's one point. I don't know what it is. What is it? One point four. One point four. That's yep. not very good. Mm-hmm. How is it one point four? It's got to be two or three. Or Andy, something. you take the number of episodes and you divide them now, by the number of months. I, I know that. Obviously, I know that. But now, now, see, now, John, I'm mad at you. Oh no! <laughs> Why are you mad at me? Because, first, well, first of all, you brought this stupid subject up, and you made me do math, which I don't like. And then, <laughs> second of all, I feel like we we often do at least two episodes a month. Sometimes we've done and three. Yet here we are. <sighs> well, okay. Well, I've seen your texts. I blame you. I mean that only... that might be that might be fair. Uh, you do text me a lot asking when we're going to record next. <laughs> yeah, speaking of which, when are we doing Howarth, the, the third episode of Howarth? Come I on, mean, John. you know, if we weren't busy doing this. Yeah, well, the reason, if I'm being honest, John, because this is our 10th anniversary. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I, I text you a lot because I miss you so much. There you go. That's very sweet. Uh, yeah. Now, let me ask you, Andy. As we sit here on the evening of September 13th, yeah. uh, 10 years ago, what is your earliest memory of the podcast? Oh, that's easy. Um, I'm going to put aside conversations that I had with my wife about wanting to do something like this. Um, And I'm going to say my earliest memory of the podcast is driving home with you from a conference at the University of Cincinnati in the fall of 2012. Mm -hmm. And I I believe we stopped at a chili dog place or something like that because Cincinnati's famous for yeah, we've been lectured about eating a, a Cincinnati chili dog when we were in town yeah, yeah you remember that right so we yep. stopped at this place and we were I would say we were less than impressed yeah I think fair? in fairness to the great city of Cincinnati I don't think we went to the best hot no, dog place you wrong. in Cincinnati I don't remember where we went but where we went was the place for a Cincinnati dog oh so you just insist on crapping on Cincinnati at this point? No. My brother-in-law now lives in Cincinnati, which is weird. Okay. Very weird to me. Um, and it's it's a lovely place. But my memory of it is that it's just not that impressive or interesting of a hot dog. But whatever. That's not important. <laughs> you, you. Uh, everyone feel free to send your angry letters and or uh, laden hot dogs to Andy. Care of the University of Mississippi. Well, uh, John, how many people do you think listen to this podcast that live in Cincinnati? My guess they would have, be one. They have computers there, Andy. Single digits. Single digits, John. I'm not worried about it. Wow. So, you heard it okay, first. If I, Screw if our Cincinnati say listeners, says Andy Fringer. That your Cincinnati hot dog is not that impressive. It's good, but not that wow. impressive compared to any other hot dog. Um, then, you know, do with that what you want. I don't care. Come at me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, folks, remember that my question was your earliest memory of the podcast. So if you're wondering why we only do 1.4 episodes a month, <laughs> it might have something to do with this. 
It might. It might. It, it might, might not be entirely my fault. It could be with you kind of got when I say, like, are we going to record oh. this Tuesday? And you say, oh, no, sorry. I no, I'm, I'm, too, I'm going to be too easy, busy eating Cincinnati chili dogs, which I enjoy thoroughly. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, that's the issue. Okay. I had them shipped in all the way from Cincinnati mm-hmm. to Massachusetts. No. Um, all right. So here's what I remember. We were driving home. We, I, I believe we stopped at the Cincinnati dog place, whatever that was. Oh, my God. Was. He's still know. on the Cincinnati dog place. I'm just setting up the, the anecdote, John. Oh Give me a break. God. We stopped there. And then once we had, because I calculated this, we had a good distance to go. And I mentioned to you the idea of podcasting together. And then I played you an episode of Rex Factor as a sample mm-hmm. of how we might approach it. And I think that you William the were Fourth, listening to this and you picked up on the potential right away. And and then, if memory serves, we shilly-shallied through a whole year mm-hmm. kind of playing with the idea but not really committing to it. Is that yeah, fair? We, we didn't really get serious about it until the following summer, 2013, yeah. um, when we started the real planning and research at Kalamazoo that year. Yeah. And, the, I mean, the rest is history, honestly. Uh, but But, John, let me ask you this. Do you remember our first attempts to record an episode of Saga Thing? Um, I remember technical problems, and I remember both of us getting irritated with each other almost immediately. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. If you're talking about our first attempt, that's what I remember. <laughs> yeah. All right, I mean, our first attempt, just so the listeners know, our first attempt was to record an episode of Hrafenket Saga. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but... Uh, it didn't go that well the nope. first time. Do you remember why? Um, I mean, mainly because we hadn't really organized ourselves very well. We weren't sure how we wanted to go about splitting up summary and discussion. Uh, and also, we were incompetent. <laughs> yes, that I think uh, that captures it really, really well. Um, we were not ready to do it. Um, so we recorded it, and, and, and somewhere... There must be a copy of that. Oh, God. I don't know I if it's on not. my computer or yours or wherever uh, it might be. Andy, I've gone through several computers since then, and I hope beyond all hope that there's no evidence remaining. I've also gone through several computers since then because it's been 10 years. It's like, you know, it's like children. You go through them quick. But <laughs> I don't, yeah, it probably doesn't exist. That would be my guess. It doesn't exist anymore. Good. <laughs> It's for the best. Uh, but but it, it was a good lesson in kind of how to kind of approach things. We figured it out. And right. then we and then we recorded the intro episodes. We, we realized you don't start with Rafa Saga. You got to set things up a little bit. Right. So And we ignored yeah. all of our uh, grad school friends who did not believe we could ever work together for 10 years <laughs> or even 10 minutes. Right. But here we are. We, 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 yep. We've pulled it off. So we've, we've covered a lot of sagas and saga-related subjects over 10 years, Andy. Do you have yeah. a favorite episode or saga series that we've done, or does it all just it's all just blend together at some point? Mm. Well, honestly, John, it, I think you, you'll understand this. It blends together. It really <laughs> blends together. It's a lot of the same story over and over again. Nah. However, I do have some distinct moments and sagas that always stand out. And I definitely remember characters and, you know, particular scenes from sagas. But um, but I think, you know, Erbikisaga or Erbikisaga or Erbikisaga or whatever, however you want to pronounce it, that's a favorite. Correct. And it's 
one of the you know we chose it as our second saga on purpose for that mm-hmm. for that reason but i'm surprised that over 10 years that one still stands out to me as as one that is momentous mm-hmm. and I think we've we've talked about before and in some of our quarter courts and other places that we didn't really do that one justice. But I have to be honest, I, I have listened to that one several times. And I think we did a decent job overall. I should go back and listen to that at some point. Uh, I remember it was a challenging one to work with, uh, especially early on, because the structure of that saga is all over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was the, that was really the saga where we figured out that we were going to have to occasionally kind of massage the order of events in the saga in order to make them make sense in an audio form. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was a good book. But but all <laughs> in in kind of like in true saga thing fashion, that saga in particular is one of the like most poorly constructed narratives in terms of its flow, right? In terms of its movement <laughs> from one chapter How to the How dare next. you? Well, not I mean I think as we say at the beginning of that that episode most critics agree with that. It is mm-hmm. it's oddly constructed in terms of its structure. Yes. And so we I remember phone conversations where we would talk about like, well, we need to move this thing around here and this thing around here and then we can kind of start to create kind of like a a narrative flow for the saga that doesn't have one, you know? And right. I, I I do remember and I think so we I think we accomplished something with that. But I, I also remember and this is why I bring this saga up. I remember editing that episode and I remember listening to myself giggling like a fool over the <laughs> ghost seal passage. I mean, like, yeah, that's, that's got to be the hardest. Either one of us has laughed in 10 years of doing this. I think so. Uh, I, I mean, the, the most we sort of broke on one of these sagas, which is weird because that means we, we kind of, you know, uh, Broke what we were trying to do, and we also, <laughs> in some ways, peaked a little early for for the for the podcast. But but what listeners uh, what listeners don't know is that when I was editing that episode, I seriously considered cutting that and re-recording myself reading the passage straight because I was laughing too much. Did you? Yeah, yeah, I did because I mean that to me. Even though it was very early on, it was a significant moment in the history of the podcast. It's a fork in the road, if you will. And I had to think about what I wanted this podcast to be. And as an editor, Mm -hmm. like an editor of a film or any other kind of media, you have a certain degree of control over kind of what it sounds like, what it looks like, you know, whatever. And what I was thinking about as I was listening to that portion was how are we going to be perceived as scholars? (laughs) <laughs> or as professionals in the field, if we put out a podcast as as ridiculous as what we were starting to do, even in those early days, yeah. and I was a very young scholar. You were already, you know, set up in in at Bridgewater, but I was still kind of at the very early stages of right. my career. Right. Well, and I remember for both of us that was something that weighed on us at the start. We, we wanted it to be fun, but we didn't want it to be, for lack of a better word, too fun. Yeah, right. um, we knew that it was hard enough to get podcasting taken seriously in academia, uh, and we wanted to straddle the line a little bit and see what was possible with the with the medium. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you know, ten years later, it's it's if I'm being honest, still not being taken too seriously. 
yeah, but maybe in another 10 years it will be. Uh, hmm. And at, at, at that point, at, at the year 20, we'll be like the frontiersmen, the early adopters of academic podcasting, Andy. Wow. Well, wouldn't that be nice? But, uh, you <laughs> it know. It could happen. Okay. Well, in, in terms of the evolution of the podcast, uh, thinking about significant moments that stand out, I think it was uh, during Ale Saga, and, I, and I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before, but uh, it was during Ale Saga that we really started to slow things down and take the limiter off of ourselves and and kind of think about how detailed we really wanted to get. Uh, kind of forgiving ourselves, if for lack of a better term, forgiving ourselves for, or, or maybe giving ourselves permission to do more with less, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I think... Doing more with less could kind of be our motto around here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think it was later in that series, right, in Ale Saga, that we started doing only a few chapters per episode. And we we debated back and forth as to whether that was an okay thing to be doing. Right, yeah. yeah and I don't know how you were feeling at that time, but, I mean, I was looking back at all of the sagas that we had covered up to that point. And I was thinking about all that we had left unsaid, all the things that I wanted to say, but I pulled back on. Mm -hmm. All the ideas, interpretations, historically interesting digressions that we could have taken, that we all we kind of left left them on the table because our format, the thing we agreed that we would do at the very beginning of the podcast, required us to kind of move through the summary at a faster pace and move towards the judgments as quick as we could. Right. I mean, it's not like we didn't digress and share opinions and insights, right? Sure, uh, yeah. But you're right. It took us until Ale Saga to finally feel comfortable with what we really wanted to do with this podcast, mm -hmm. which was different than what we thought it should be at the start. Yeah, exactly. Like, initially, I, th I think for us, the goal was fairly simple, and we were building on kind of a Rex Factor model. We were going to share the story of the saga in a condensed almost bullet point kind of form so that the audience at least had a sense of the saga that we wanted to talk about. And then we would judge the saga at the saga thing. So there wasn't really room at first for the kind of discussion that we've kind of evolved into, the kind of like digressions and right. things we want to say about what we're reading. Yeah, I think we originally envisioned that the audience was people, was mostly our students who would have already read the saga before they came to the podcast. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but, you know, when the two of us get together, have a beer and talk sagas, we just couldn't help ourselves. Well, you know, I, at this point, 10 years later, I'm glad we couldn't. Because, like we both said a couple times, this is where we go. To scratch our scholarly itch for the sagas. Well, I have a powder for that now. Some people write articles. Some people write books to scratch that itch. We just put as much time, if not more, into doing similar kinds of research. And we share our findings in a podcast that I, I what I think I, I really like about this genre or this format is that it's more broadly accessible than traditional avenues of publishing. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a very different format with a different approach, different expectations. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. A lot less peer review. Yeah. <laughs> which could be, it could I mean, be problematic. In I, that I regard the peer review as I review you, Andy. And I <laughs> review you, John. So therefore, we're well, good to go. Yeah. <laughs> See? There you go. Plenty of peer and, review. <laughs> and if anyone's worried about that, no one doubts John's judgments more than me. That's a fair point. Uh, and I would also say that peer review in a format like this, and I'm being quite serious, Honestly, comes from the fact that we record these and then put them up on the internet for, you know, 
everyone to listen to. And yeah. we do have professional and very involved people who listen to this and do give us feedback. Absolutely. And most of the time they say, what geniuses we are. But occasionally... I don't remember have, that, but sure. Occasionally we have <laughs> listeners who say, you dolts. What the hell are you talking about? Here's the real way. You How do you it. think you pronounce Arabic? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my one of my... Of all my memories of of Saga thing, one of my favorite things is in 2018 when I was in Iceland and I went around to various regions (laughs) and asked people about how do you pronounce Erbige Saga? And I I think at the time I was pronouncing it Erbige like we did when we first started recording and Dr. Bob Hestfratz, that's how he pronounced it. And everyone, everyone, no matter where I was, was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) <laughs> and then I would adopt I would adopt their version of pronouncing it and then right. go to another region and then and say it and they were like, You're crazy. That's not how you pronounce it. So I was like, okay, nobody knows. Yeah, it's, it was very freeing to learn that even uh native speakers don't agree on how to pronounce some of the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. So um now, John, uh we, we started that out kind of like uh, what's your favorite saga? What's your favorite, you know, moment or whatever? So I didn't really pinpoint a favorite saga there. But, mm-hmm. you know, these two moments that I've highlighted, for me, they're really significant in the history of Saga thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, do you have any moments that stick out to you or you have a favorite Saga series that we did in the last decade? I mean, honestly, I feel like the for me, the, the best sagas to cover on this podcast, there's sort of two different categories. The really, really good ones, like the really, mm-hmm. you know, the top tier sagas. It's it's. Even though it's a massive undertaking to start something like Lockstella Saga or Nyal Saga, yeah, it's so much fun to really get stuck in and to just know that you're gonna, you know, be living with this story for months or a year. And so, you know, any trek into the scholarship is worth it because it's going to be important at some point. Right? You can justify any number of trips, sort of into the library and into the stacks to to learn some obscure thing that may come in handy eight episodes from now. Uh, so those are tremendous fun for me. On the other hand, covering the really truly awful sagas is also a lot of fun <laughs> for entirely different reasons. Yeah, they're sagas about which there's almost no scholarship often. Right. Apart from people just saying, you know, wow, I don't care much for that one. Uh, that we're kind of free to interpret it for ourselves and make sense of it for ourselves. Uh, and I feel like sometimes, you know, we do better work the worse the saga gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting because you're absolutely right. When we're doing a bigger saga, I think we feel to some degree as former graduate students, current professors, whatever, we feel beholden to the scholarly narrative about mm-hmm. that that particular mm-hmm. saga. And then, and this is the most exciting, if anyone who's listening has been to graduate school, the most exciting thing that you can do in graduate school is write a paper about a, a text or a subject that hasn't been explored very deeply mm-hmm. because it's yours and you can right. you can kind of like tread that new ground. You are you are those first footprints on the surface <laughs> of Mars. Oh dear, <laughs> that's perhaps a little hyperbolic, but just slightly. <laughs> But it's exciting, nevertheless. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, John, I know you've 
been really busy and you've put a lot of effort over the years into prepping Saga Thing. You're reading, you're researching, scripting our episode summaries, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be great if we actually stuck to those scripts once in a while, but <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it it's fun matter. to do them. But you, I mean, the point is you spend a lot of time getting these things ready. And I thought it might be high time to give you a break. Maybe let you catch your breath a bit, and you know, at least from writing summaries, you know. Yeah. So my, my help initial you. response is that that's lovely. Yeah. Especially given my teaching load this semester. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my second thought is, and who exactly is taking over? Because <laughs> I don't yeah. think you have a much lighter workload than I do. Well, if we're being fair this semester, my workload is much lighter. But uh, I don't need to. That's the point. I don't mm-hmm. need to take over from mm-hmm. you, John. You see, Saga Thing's reputation and style, they're so well known at this point. Oh, boy. That even ChatGPT knows about us. <laughs> this is where you're going with this? Uh, That's where I'm going, yeah, <laughs> That's where I, I'm going I, with this. I am skeptical. <laughs> Actually, Fair enough, I'm not skeptical. You know? I don't buy it. <laughs> It does know us, just uh-huh. so, so you know, John. It, I asked it recently if it's familiar with Saga Thing, and <laughs> this is what it said. And I I got to be honest with you. I've asked it multiple times, and it says a variety of things. You really need to massage that ego, don't you? <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> hey, JetGPT. Hey, JetGPT, do you, you think I'm good looking? <laughs> do you know who I am? <laughs> All right, here, here's here's what the version that I've pulled has said about us. I'm sorry, you're talking about ChatGPT here? Yes, okay. I said, the, the prompt was, uh-huh. hey, are you familiar? I tried to be like a student, you know. Sure. Hey, because that's how they start their emails. Hey, <laughs> are you familiar with Saga Thing Podcast? And here is the reply. Yes. I'm very familiar with the podcast Saga Thing. It's a podcast that explores and discusses medieval Icelandic sagas. So far, the hosts, so good. John and Andy, have a humorous and informative approach to analyzing these sagas, providing summaries, character breakdowns, and their own unique insights. <laughs> they also use a rating system to determine whether the saga they're discussing is a saga or no saga. <laughs> Uh-huh. What one more sentence? (laughs) There's more. It's a popular podcast among (laughs) No Sock No (laughs) Sock. <laughs> you know my my favorite part of saga thing has always been the famous saga or no saga game i know right um but it does say it does say it is a popular podcast among those interested in norse literature and mythology well it would be wouldn't it <laughs> yeah wow because we you know that's a that is a that is a uh an artificial intelligence program that has Obviously, an intimate familiarity with all aspects of what we do on this podcast. 
so funny. I was so pleased. I was really, really (laughs) pleased. I was like reading that and I was like, oh man, it knows us. That's great. And then I got to the, oh, it doesn't have any concept of who we are. Oh, (laughs) it's great. Well, you know, saga or no saga, John. Yep. There you go. Perfect. Uh, Yep. Just think about all the time we could have saved (laughs) over the last 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not perfect, but neither are you or I. Uh-huh. What, why else would we always be delayed whenever we're trying to get on a regular recording schedule, John? So, like, uh-huh. you know, maybe. Well, if you think you could replace me with Twiki or whatever the not old guy version of a Twiki reference is, then you go right ahead. All right. All right. Well. What I want to, I want you to think about this just a little bit because it mm-hmm. didn't do bad. There was like a line there that's you know problematic, but just yeah. think think about all the time you could save if we turned over the writing to AI, right? Yeah, you would finally be a free man again after ten years being chained to this anchor called Saga Thing. Um, I don't know if we're calling Saga Thing an anchor just yet, or am I? Are we talking about you? <laughs> Well, we're, you're not going to call it that on a live mic, but, you know. I actually like doing the research and all that. Uh, okay. But, but I'm intrigued. Have you looked into how well ChatGPT knows us? How accurately it uh, knows what we sound like and what we do? Well, I mean, I, I, I thought we would try it out. You know, try it out here tonight on our 10th anniversary as we're trying to replace uh-huh. you with artificial intelligence. Oh, great. It's kind of a like an end of an era thing. So, so I'm basically getting an engraved watch and a quick sw- swift kick in the butt. <laughs> I think of it more as you passing the torch to uh-huh. AI despite the warnings from Kyle Reese. Fair enough. What has Kyle Reese ever done for me? Exactly. Well, I'm, I'm willing to play along. What should we do? Well, I was thinking we would ask it to do a summary of a Thouter, because those are short, that, mm-hmm. that, that we all know, that we've done before. Well... We just did uh, Butley Botless and Stouter. Because that could work. Oh, we we. Or you, you've just, already you've already fed it something, haven't you? I'm I'm going to feed it to it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of something a little sexier, though. I'm going to feed it. Uh, I'm going to no. like, once we decide here what we want it to do. You're thinking of Volsa Thouter, aren't you? Well, how could I not? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, uh, but we could do either. Boltly Boltlessons or Vol- Volsa Thouter. Uh, what's what's your pleasure, John? You tell me, and I'll say, ChatGPT, because I have it open, mm-hmm. uh, write me an introduction or an episode in the style of Saga Thing, because clearly you know Saga Thing really, really well. Okay. Well, Andy, you sound like you got your heart set on Volsa Thouter, and I, I hate to deny you that small pleasure, uh, or maybe not so small pleasure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> large, floppy pleasure. Um, so you go ahead and type that one. If it's floppy, in. I don't want it. <laughs> type that one in and see what happens. Okay. So beep beep boop boop beep boop boop boop. All right. Okay. So it's it's processing and here we go. I'm gonna I'm gonna share my screen with you, John. You got it. Okay. Uh, Man, that's it's ridiculous Andy. how quick it is. It's called us host one and host two. So which one are you? Which one am I? Well, you're always the first host. So okay. <laughs> so we're gonna go. All right. I mean, that's there's a warning sign right there, isn't it? Yeah, that's not a great sign. It's not a great <laughs> sign. All right. Uh, I will be host one. I have a feeling. Just to, 
Not that I'm saying ChatGPT doesn't know us, <laughs> although I'm beginning to suspect. I would bet you if you said, give me ChatGPT, give me an episode of Rex Factor. Give me, give me a, a Rex Factor script. It would, I bet it would say Graham and Allie. So you just think but here we don't, we don't qualify. Host, I feel like we're not good enough. Or possibly it's telling us we could be replaced very easily. <laughs> uh, all right. If we're going to do this, we have to do it right. We have to actually, okay. you know, let's give ChatGPT its day in court. All right. We're going to, okay. no, no reading this like a robot. We're going to read this like, like us. Okay. As much as we can. Well, if we're doing that, we need, we need the theme music because it, it, right. it literally says in brackets, opening theme music. We got to play that, right? <laughs> all right. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it straight. Ready? Yep. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome back to another riveting episode of Saga Thing. That's right, folks. Today we've got a special treat for you. An intriguing and somewhat humorous tale known as the Volsa Thouter. <laughs> somewhat humorous. <laughs> Get ready for... Don't ad-lib, John. Oh, sorry. Get sorry. ready for a story of deceit, disguise, and a cunning woman who's not to be underestimated. Wait, what? Uh, okay. Just the, read, the, read, just yep. read. Don't. The Volsa Thouter is a short story found in the Saga of the Stirlungs. Hmm. <laughs> a collection of sagas from 13th century Iceland. Interesting. And while okay. it may be brief, it's packed with drama and some truly bizarre twists. That's right. Our tale begins with a young woman oh named Volsi. <laughs> she's not your average Viking Age maiden. No, she's in not. Fact, she's a horse phallus. <laughs> Don't add lib job. Sorry. Follow the script. We're trying an experiment here. Sorry. Carry on. In fact, she's a master of disguise. And she's not afraid to use her wits to outsmart those who cross her path. But Volsi's cunning ways get her into some hot water when she finds herself in a love triangle involving two brothers, Osir and Arni. <laughs> As you might expect... Things quickly spiral out of control. <laughs> what the hell? The <laughs> Good I'm glad we chose this one. Oh, dear. The plot thickens as Volsi takes on multiple identities. Hoodwings a wedding party. And <laughs> even uses a, a cowhide to fool her suitors. What? And believe us when we say that. And when I say us, I mean John and Andy. Definitely the not any machines. Definite writers and interpreters of this this story, which is very well known. It's as hilarious as it is bizarre. But what makes the Volsa Thouter truly stand out is its unique blend of comedy and social commentary. Mm. It offers us a glimpse into the complex web of relationships and expectations in medieval Iceland. So, whether you're in it for laughs... The clever schemes, or just a dose of Viking Age drama, the Volsa Thouter has something for everyone. So, dear listeners, grab your drinking horns and prepare to be entertained as we dissect the twists and turns of the Volsa Thouter 
and render our own verdict on this short but unforgettable saga. Okay, so... Uh-huh. I don't think we can rely on ChatGPT to help us out. No, I don't think we can. Well, I mean, the good news after reading that is you're not going to lose your job, John. <laughs> well, the bad news is I don't get paid for it either way. No, but but you love it. You do. Well, I love the twists and turns of this unique podcast. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I, I loaded um, prior to this, I did load other things in. And mm-hmm. it's got a weird voice. <laughs> it's got a really <laughs> weird voice. And it's not our voice. Yeah, no, I feel like it's going to be a while before we have to worry about, uh, you know, doppelgangers. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I, I did also load Totalis Rankium and Rex Factor in as options. And uh-huh. it sounded, you're going to be shocked by this. It sounded exactly the same. Of course it did. Yeah. No, no nuance. Right. Well, you know, John, even if we can't count on something like ChatGPT or other AI programs to help us out with these episodes and the prep yeah, we do. Yeah, if we can't count on them. But we, we can always count on our listeners to make the whole effort of Saga Thing worthwhile. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I have to be honest here, Andy. When we started out, I wasn't sure we'd even get this podcast off the ground, let alone have listeners. <laughs> I mean, yes. I knew we'd put some episodes together, but I was not confident that we would attract an audience. Oh, I agree. I, I agree completely. Especially since neither of us is very good at promoting it. No, we're we're the worst at self promotion. Well, we're probably yeah. not the worst. Uh, uh, I don't know. Given we're that pretty... that is its, that is in its own way self promotion. <laughs> in I mean, in terms of like people getting together to produce a product, right? And then they don't do anything. Correct. Or at least almost anything to, yeah. to promote it. Yep. I mean, <laughs> we're pretty close to the worst. But uh, I do remember several people who were very early on in our listener list. And Yarn Salad, who is one of our followers, uh, she was one of the first. I remember her from very, very far back. Mm-hmm. But look at us now, John. Uh, thanks to search engines, a splash of social media engagement, and a whole lot of people telling their friends about us, we've got a, I think, sizable, for our niche subject anyway, <laughs> audience of, of actively engaged and, I think, very intelligent people. What's the Discord at now? Well, the Discord, since you mentioned it, is over 300 people Oof. on our unofficial official Discord. And Good Lord. I got to say, John, a huge, huge thank you to Yero the Dueler for setting up the Saga Thing Discord and helping to build such a vibrant and fun community there. I have to, I have to say, it, it's beyond what I thought was possible when he first yep. contacted me and asked about setting this thing up. Yep. No, it's uh, uh, the, the people who have found their way to that Discord are, frankly, at this point, one of our best resources for putting together oh, yeah. this podcast. It's become we've become fairly shameless about just asking them to do research for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them know more than we do. Yep. Yeah. But but hey, we're not playing favorites. 
But if we if we if we were Discord, you'd be our favorite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it's a Sophie's choice, right, we're saving uh, Discord. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're, we're going to let Twitter and... fly away on the on the floods. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, everyone else. But we do, to be fair, we've got listeners who interact with us on Twitter X. Sure, yeah. yeah. Facebook, Instagram. we got people interacting with us through Gmail all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that I, I can't quite keep up with it. Yeah. If, if you think that I'm not feeling guilt and shame every single day that I'm not responding to you who've written to me. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll eventually you'll hear from me, <laughs> but I think, I, I think what I, what I'd like to, you know, in terms of like moving forward with this episode after 10 years, I think one of the things that I'd like to really highlight is that one of the most re- rewarding parts of doing this podcast is interacting with other people. And that is especially true when we have t- we have a question ourselves. Yeah. No, I mean, the listeners, as we said, the listeners are always there and ready to fill in the many, many gaps in our knowledge. Yeah. Especially when it comes to things like material culture and and clothing and weapons right. yeah, and stuff like there. that. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I recall you going very deep down the rabbit hole with uh, Gunnar's Atgir back when we did Njal Saga. Oh, I went, dude, I went so, so deep in yep. that. But <laughs> the best resources I found were like almost always through listener interaction. I mean, it was amazing, yeah. really and, amazing. Yeah. And again, not playing favorites, but Discord has really become the place for those conversations to develop. Yeah. Uh, even I go lurking in there and I love seeing what people are talking about. And here's what I've noticed. You occasionally get involved which is really nice to see. I, I love yeah. that. I mean, I may play the incompetent Luddite on the podcast, but it's not always the you, case. You, wait, 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 wait. You you yes. play the incompetent Luddite? I was about You're to not- say, most of that is genuinely true, but I do enjoy okay. the Saga Thing Discord, and I'm even able to use it. Well, you're able to use any of our social media and email as well. No. You know how to access them. <laughs> you just choose not to. We've established several times that you keep the passwords a secret. <laughs> uh, not, got, I have not, several text messages well, that suggest that you're looking for the password and then yeah. I have to send it to you. Yes. But let's not bicker and argue about who chooses to do what here. Uh, <laughs> let's be happy that I'm involved at all, why don't we? I always love a let's not bicker and argue. Um, (laughs) Now, uh, since we are talking about our listeners, we have got a lot of comments and well wishes as well um, from our listeners. And they've also offered us some congratulations on our 10 years, all in response to the prompt that we included at the end of our last episode and through our various social media outlets. And uh, John... It has been it has been an absolute pleasure hearing from all of our listeners about how they found the podcast and what they like about it. So remind me, yeah, what the was things. the prompt again? The prompt, yeah. Well, um, we asked everyone to tell us how long they've been listening, mm-hmm. how they found the podcast, how they got interested in sagas. Uh, but we also asked them what their favorite moments were and what they'd like to see us tackle next. And if they have any kind of like comments or whatever, you know, just share kind of your experience over uh-huh. the last 10 years. Right. So you mentioned before we started recording that there are too many comments to go through. 
Yeah. Uh, so how do you want to proceed? Did you actually come up with a plan or are we just going to kind of wing it? Yeah. Well, first it's touching that we have so many that we have to kind of like edit these things. But uh, I've gone through, I've selected a handful of comments, uh, broken them up into kind of pieces, and I've condensed the, some of the responses wherever I could. But there's definitely some I want to share in their entirety. Uh, but John, in terms of structure, I think we're going to do it this way. Let's go ahead and start with how people found the podcast. And then let's move into like comments and kind words and things like that. And then we're going to wrap up with responding to the words. Well, finish it up with a little abuse. The only place you'll find unkind words is in some of our reviews. They're rare, but you'll (laughs) find them. And I got to be honest, I think they're funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But we're going to, we'll wrap up by responding to a few listener questions and then, uh, We've got something else in store, but that'll be a, a different episode. How does that sound? Uh, I mean, given that I had no plan at all coming into this, that sounds very reasonable. Excellent. So how exactly do people find us? Well, I, I mean, a, a variety of ways. But uh, as you'd expect, we tend to pop up a lot when people are searching for information on sagas or Vikings or even even while they're researching to prepare for a trip to Iceland. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, although I do remember for the first year or so, people who wanted to find us had to wade through a lot of search hints for a saga of the swamp thing before they got oh. to us. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that. Um, finally, after 10 years, if you search saga thing, you will yep. not find, at least for a while, saga of the swamp thing. But and I haven't tried it yet, but I hope that if you search for saga of the swamp thing, you get us first. Because that'd show them. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. If you put swamp and thing, yeah, I, I bet you're going to get it. But that was, I remember early on for like the first year, like you said, yep. looking and being like, man, this swamp thing, really? <laughs> like, did we choose the right name? <laughs> I knew we should have gone with the ex-mutants. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, in terms of like, you know, how do you find something? There's yeah. no surprise there. Uh, but uh, speaking of people who find us on their way to Iceland, because mm-hmm. I think that part is intriguing, I have to say it really brings a smile to my face when when I hear from listeners who write to tell me that they've driven all over Iceland listening to our podcast. That's well, really like cool. It's like we're their co-pilot. We're right. driving along with them, sharing the journey. <laughs> exactly. And and from from what I hear Saga Thing is an excellent companion for long trips, no matter where you're traveling, whether you're in Iceland or anywhere else in the world. Uh, for example... Is, uh, is this your advertisement for us? It, well, maybe. Maybe. But I think anyone who's listening to this dumb episode <laughs> already knows this, right? <laughs> but uh, here's someone who knows this already. Andy uh, S. from Wisconsin wrote, I just want to thank you for keeping my family company on our 4,300-mile road trip from Wisconsin to the Canadian Rockies. I'm sorry, 4,300 miles? Yes, that's a lot. It's a long way. Yes, yes. Um, He did, he qualified family by saying it's really more his wife and him. His children in the back had, you know, earbuds in and weren't listening, didn't care. But 4,300, it's a long way. Here's what bothers me. He said that they only got to the first quarter court. Ooh. Really? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are some long-winded buffoons, aren't we? 
I, you know, I don't, I don't disagree. We are, we are idiots. <laughs> but uh, I am pleased to hear that people are actually listening while they're traveling around the landscape that we're talking about, or or even just anywhere on on their travels. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and that's what that's part of why I've recently started including more references to the landscape of Iceland and the places that listeners can see while they're they're kind of traveling the land of the sagas that we're covering. I mean, I think it's important oh, really? to acknowledge that. Yeah, that's why you're doing it. So, yes. so that's why you were map obsessed in grad school too. Just looking ahead to a podcast we didn't have yet. Well, I mean, <laughs> See, here I thought you were just obsessed with the landscape and the texts, and you've just gotten more comfortable with shoehorning your personal interests into the show. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. I full disclosure, <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm interested in the landscape, but I, I choose to now shoehorn that stuff because uh-huh. I know that people might actually find it useful in their trip planning. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So, so, so some people find us through keyword searching. We got that covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else have people said? Well, I mean, word of mouth, obviously. Uh, a sure. lot of our listeners uh, are involved with some cool people, whether they're friends or family or like Margaret, who got into the podcast because her son Scott recommended it, or hmm. someone like Orm the Red, who found it through his son after they watched the the Northmen together. Orm the Red. Uh, we should we should probably explain here that everyone on the Discord page gives himself a name and a nickname. Uh, mm-hmm. Orm the Red is a real person. Yeah, but I don't I don't think his real name is Orm the Red. I mean, maybe not, but he's real. Damn it. He is, yeah. yeah. But what what I enjoyed about this little exercise that we did, but especially this question about how people found the podcast, was the stories that people told about their discovery of the podcast. So, for example, let me, let me share some of these with you because I, I find them really remarkable. So here's one from Taylor Colbider. Discord, obviously. I've been listening since 2020. I got laid off because of COVID. And I got a job in a carpentry working 10 hours a day. I got tired of music and I was wanting to learn more about the Viking Age. So I searched for podcasts and Saga Thing came up and I was hooked from the first episode. Listening for 10 hours a day, four days a week, I got through all episodes pretty quickly. So I listened to them all again. (laughs) I'm very appreciative of all I've learned from John and Andy. But especially Andy, and and I'm thankful <laughs> to have gotten to know you all through this Discord. Friends I've met on here have helped me with the writing of my novel and my travels to Iceland. So thank you, thank you for creating a great community. Well, first of all, uh, I'm going to ignore the fact that he especially wanted to thank you. He um, didn't. I added that. I, that was a little bit ad lib. He didn't I say that. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, well, in that case, then. Um, but I felt like I'll, it was implied. It, it was implied. Okay. <laughs> you know? Uh, well, if if the podcast has helped to inspire someone to write a novel, I hope that we're going to get to read it at some point. I sure hope so. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, there there's someone like uh, Drea Needlelorekeeper. And she wrote... I asked for recommendations for any long podcasts in the historical sewing Discord server. So there you go. Historical Man, Discord's amazing. So there you go. So Drea's part of, you know, based on her name, Drea Needlelorekeeper is part of a a sewing Discord before she was ever a part of a non-existent saga thing Discord. And she was asking one of the other members um, about kind of what kind of long 
form podcast she could listen to. And they started raving about Saga Thing. And she said, I decided to give you a try before I'd actually read any of the sagas. And I, I spend a lot of time making replicas of historical garments. And I'm always looking for something to listen to while sewing. Preferably something long. Well, well, she, well she's in <laughs> we, luck now. We, we've got you covered. Yeah. So the endless digressions that you guys do are perfect. It's now been almost four years and you're partially responsible for at least one pair of 18th century stays from listening to Nyal Saga, a late Victorian skirt listening to Bandamana and uh, Gunlaug Saga, and a 1530s Flemish working class outfit listening to Gretchen Saga, and multiple uh, chemises and petticoats. Wow. I, uh, I, I, I'd I like to say this isn't the first time that I've been responsible for a petticoat, but I think it must be. <laughs> for the creation of a petticoat or for I the... mean, for anything to do with them. I, I've, I've rarely been involved in a Victorian bodice ripper, so I don't think I've had any, any real experience here. <laughs> so a year later, Drea pulled Elf the Ink Stained in and so on and so forth. And that's that's kind of how it works. Well, I mean, word of mouth is not only our best form of advertising, it's basically our only form of advertising. <laughs> it is, yeah. Now, one of the things that I've enjoyed seeing through this whole process is how a whole generation of graduate students in medieval studies and other fields have found this podcast and done things that are interesting with it. Mm-hmm. Um, not all of them are strangers, by the way. One of your former students, Micah Goodrich, followed in your footsteps and earned a PhD from the University of Connecticut, as you know. Hey, Micah! Uh, yeah, he's a, he's an assistant professor at Boston University now. That's right. And even though I don't think Micah listens, and I'm, I think that's fairly, I think that's an accurate assessment of the situation. Um, Who can say? I, my guess is he had more than enough of you at Bridgewater. Um, but, that's quite believable. <laughs> yeah, but he did spread the word at UConn, and that's how Will Beal, aka uh, Wilhelm Dad Joke, found the podcast. And then Will brought it to Eduardo Ramos uh, when they were doing the Ring Road or traveling around uh, Iceland before the Saga Conference in 2018. And so word spread that way. Yeah, and I mean, these are all great people. I think uh, Eduardo, isn't he at the Center for, he's at uh, Medieval and Renaissance Studies at uh, University of Arizona now, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And another student of yours, Sean, started listening, probably oh. because you forced him to back in 2014 <laughs> when he was in your saga course. Oh, forced is such a negative way of putting it. Is it? Assigned but I think it's also is the word I like to use. Assigned. Okay. I don't know what the difference is, but it's... You know, there's nuance there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Sean's great. Yeah. Well, he's just finished his PhD in Old Norse Studies just a few weeks ago. Hey! And he's also got a YouTube channel called Travels Through Stories where he discusses all kinds of literature. Mm -hmm. But, John, I don't know if you've looked at his YouTube channel. If if you look at the bookshelf behind him, what you're going to see is a healthy section of Viking Age and Old Norse literature very mm-hmm. prominently featured. If you know the bindings, you 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 get a sense of what Sean's really invested in. Yep. Uh, and, well, I mean, he's also got a PhD in Old Norse lit, which is another yeah. indicator. Yeah, uh, sure. No, I, I really enjoy uh, Sean's channel. He recently talked about um, the, the costs of doing a PhD. 
um, oh. as, as he put it. I think yeah. he was asked a question about his hobbies, and his response was something along the lines of, "Well, I'm doing a PhD, and so that kind of beats hobbies out of you." <laughs> so that's a pretty clear-eyed uh, assessment of what uh-huh. uh, PhD programs are like. Yeah. So, yeah, well, you, yeah, Sean. well, that's great. Well, Sean, we're 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 paying attention to what you're doing, and you're doing a great job. Um, now that you finished now, your PhD, now that you've graduated, uh, I look forward to hearing about what kind of hobbies you're up to again. Absolutely, yeah, great. So, Sean, reach out to us. Tell us what you're up to. It's it's really really great. Speaking of people getting degrees, John, I, I, I think you're going to be very happy to hear that our goofy little podcast, uh, and I was shocked by this, but it's had an impact on a lot of people who, for some reason, were inspired to further their education after listening to us do this thing that we do. <laughs> and I, I don't think it would be fair to take sole credit for their decisions uh, because <laughs> – <laughs> there it's are very a modest, number Eddie. very modest. There are a number of factors that play into something like sure. this. But <laughs> I want to share with you a few ex- a few examples, things that people have written to us about this exact kind of transition. Uh-huh. Okay? So, let me start with Luke Spry who wrote to us on Twitter and here's what he said. I started listening to Saga Thing at work in 2015 to help me through the endless data entry. And I enjoyed it so much and was so inspired by it that I, I went on to do an MLIT in Viking Studies at UHI, which wow. I completed last year. Wow. Uh, UHI is the what, the University of the Highlands and Islands in the Orkney Islands? That's right. Isn't that where uh, our runic expert, uh, Ronald Losland, uh, teaches? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, we did a saga brief. Uh, with Raggy when we were at a conference in Denver, Colorado back in 2016 or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and and I actually, I got to meet up with uh, with Raggy when I went to the Orkney Islands myself in 2018. Oh, that's right. I actually, uh, I gave her book on the Vikings to my kids a few years ago. They loved Did it. Did you? Great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I had forgotten that you'd actually gone to the Orkneys. It's going to come in yeah. handy when we do Orkney Saga. Oh, I saw some cool, cool stuff. And I was definitely focused on saga-related activities when I was there. Mm-hmm. But uh, speaking of Raggy, uh, another listener mentions her as well, which is, I mean, that speaks to her talents. Um, this one comes from Patrick Temporelli. He says, aside from keeping me entertained for countless hours, I wouldn't have presented a paper at a conference and got my master's if you hadn't done an episode with Dr. Ron Hild Gelsland. So thank you for taking something academic and making it fun and public facing. Well, thanks for listening. Yeah. And then there's Dylan McCollum who writes, I found saga thing in 2014 after finishing my BA in history. I had a hard time in undergrad with an exacting professor and the experience led me to give up on my dream of pursuing a PhD. But then I binged and re-listened to all of your episodes while delivering pizza. I love, I love that, that, that part. Uh, But then he goes on, your joyful discussions of the sagas reignited my love of learning and eventually led me back to academia. Oh, that's lovely. I just finished my MA in literature in May and am now teaching comp classes while I apply to PhD programs and I work on my first proposal to Kalamazoo. So thank you so much for everything. Wow. Well, Dylan, thank you so much. I mean, that's, it's delightful to think that we might have like helped somebody, but it's even more delightful to think that we help pizza be delivered in the world. So I agree. Yeah. Nothing. Uh, but no, that's fantastic, Dylan. Um, I, if you are going to present at Kalamazoo this year, hopefully we'll be able to come and uh, hear your paper. 
Absolutely. Um, and there's more, John. Uh, there's there's so much more. Well, you should probably stop soon in the interest of time, but I mean, my ego is enjoying all the candy, so uh, keep going. Yeah. Well, okay. How about uh, Ben McFish, who wrote to us and said, I got into sagas and saga thing because I took a sagas class in college on a whim, and I forgot to buy a copy of Nell's Saga. It was March of 2020, so everything <laughs> shut down, including the university bookstore. And my copy of Nyal Saga wasn't going to arrive for a week. Dude, I've met students like this very often. Like, <laughs> semester starting, they didn't order their books yet. And then you're like, well. But, but how many of them have the have the, the self-starter nature to go and find a podcast like ours? Well, that's the thing that separates Ben from the, you know, he, he is uh, the wheat and the others are the chaff, if you will. Wow. Yeah. He says, I, I found Saga Thing as a stopgap, but then I just kept going with you guys and I continued learning about the sagas long after the course ended. Now I'm a high school teacher and I use Ale Saga as part of a world literature course that I teach. Nice. I went to Kalamazoo last year because I heard about it from you guys. And this year I'm hoping to present a paper on teaching Ale Saga to high schoolers if I can get a proposal together. So Saga Thing has made quite the impact on the trajectory of my career. The way you approach public-facing projects like Saga Thing as an essential element of your scholarly work is inspiring. Thank you. Hey, now. Wow. What do you think That's, of that, John? God bless. Uh, that, mm -hmm. that is uh, the idea of teaching Ale Saga in high school is both deeply, deeply intimidating and also just seems like a fantastic idea. <laughs> I know. I'm sure it's, that must go over really big. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to be at Kalamazoo this year, but John, you probably will be, right? I definitely am. Yeah. Right. I'm still waiting to hear back about my paper proposal, Ooh, but I'll be there either way. Okay. Um, and then there's this lovely message from Win the Wanderer, who I've been communicating with on the Discord page. He says, I am a PhD student in medieval studies at the Center for Medieval Studies at the University of Toronto. Now, John, I don't know if you remember when we were at UConn, Toronto? Was and is a big yep. deal in terms Powerhouse, of Powerhouse, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a great program. So good for Wynn for just even getting into that institution to study medieval literature. He says, my dissertation is shaping up to be on Bretasagar, uh, Troyamanasaga, and the Riederasaga in tandem mm. with the broader genres of the Trojan and Brute narrative. Um, Andy Maines would really like that, wouldn't he, John? Absolutely. Well, yeah. you know, Andy, Andy Maines and I did an entire course just on uh, Lahman's Brute. Yeah, yeah. So uh, wins right in line with the kind of things that you were studying back then. Um, he says, I'm also gearing up to TA a class on the Vikings and I'm setting their final paper on the sagas and also running a class and lecture <laughs> on Old Norse Icelandic literature. I say all this because I really wouldn't be here without Saga Thing. And that's no joke. This podcast has been such an inspiration for me and John and Andy's banter has been a consistent, happy place for me through many hard years of education. Well, that's very sweet. I mean, it got us through our education, so why shouldn't it help others? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, you know, we ate a lot of pizza while we were doing it. I Hopefully, mean, Wynn's doing the same thing. Right. <laughs> pizza and beer help. Yes, Best there was luck. definitely there was definitely beer, just as there's beer tonight. You know, it's an important I mean, component. you know, the odd one, yes. Right. Um, and I'm just, I want to share one more, uh, but please know that there's more out there. Uh, not only in my file of responses for this 10-year anniversary episode, but 
but others who are following their passion for literature uh, or other academic subjects um, that didn't write in, but they're they're out there and they they're listening to us and they're doing things that they're interested in, and that is great. Yeah, I mean, this is I mean, it's all a bit overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really is. Uh, it was really nice to see all these messages. Uh, but okay, here here's the last one, and this one's from Galen Miller, and he says. First, I want to say thank you for the podcast. I'm an archaeologist by trade, but I'm currently pursuing a degree in medieval literature and language, focusing on Old Norse and the Rimmer tradition. And your podcast is a large part of what pushed me to study Old Norse and literature. You've made an otherwise dense body of texts accessible and fun. Thank you so much. Wow. Well, I mean, thank you so much for listening. It's not just to Galen, but to all of you. This is, uh, it's, it's, wonderful to think that we've to some degree succeeded in what Andy and I what more than 20 years ago at this point uh, yeah. set out to do which was to uh, make it more possible for people in the states to work on the saga and study the sagas that's exactly right and why just to, to clarify why did you say 20 years because this is our 10 year anniversary well, I, because I think I know but yeah because we've well we've known each other at this point for over 20 years yeah uh, and you know when we were in grad school this was our original kind of bonding point was that uh we both wanted to study the sagas and we were both discouraged from doing so right uh and it sort of became a passion for us that that people should not be told not to study this stuff and it's amazing and it should absolutely be more widely studied and more widely appreciated than it is absolutely so every um, one of you that does this is just kind of you know, it really validates like everything we've kind of set out to do with our careers. So it's mm-hmm. lovely. Thank you. Yeah. It, it's heartwarming. It's lovely. And as you said, it's a bit overwhelming. It's I'm fantastic. almost proud of us, Andy. And that's an alien feeling for me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Same here. But uh, but uh, we, were, we were talking about how people find the podcast and, and yeah. we, we kind of hit the first bit. Right. We covered the obvious things. Internet searching, word of mouth. Yeah. Uh, the other point of contact that leads people to the podcast are uh, kind of naturally other podcasts. Right. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Several listeners mentioned hearing about us on other podcasts like uh, Viking Age podcast or Medieval Death Trip, for example. Both good ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Med- medieval Death Trip. Uh, still, I found it a long time ago, basically when he first started. And mm-hmm. it's still one of my favorite medieval podcasts out there. It's great, great stuff. Yeah, and Viking Age podcast covers a lot of the history stuff that we just we sort of you know gesture at, but don't really have time to dig yeah, into. Yeah, great supplement for those of you who listen to Saga Thing. Um, but by far and away, when people are coming to us through other podcasts, it's usually from other members of the Rexypod family. Yeah, obviously we're we're deeply indebted to the Rexypod family, um, and it sounds like a lot of people found our podcast through that connection, right? Through mm-hmm. Totalis Rankium and Rex Factor and Pontifax, all of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, John, speaking of Rex Factor, our podcast daddies. Hmm. Yeah. Let's 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 not use that. Let's use uh, the term fathers instead, if that's okay with you. <laughs> all right. How about forebearers? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, right. probably not daddies. Yeah, yeah, definitely not that. All right, uh, but speaking of Rex Factor, I, I reached out to them a little while ago, and I, I demanded that they record a congratulations message for Sorry. us. Demanded? Maybe a little bit strong, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we're their firstborn, and Graham, <laughs> uh, who, you know, I interact with, it was it was happy to put something together for us. Yeah, how, how did Allie feel about it? <laughs> 
Well, I was only communicating with Graham. Uh, okay. You know, you know, like, uh, you know how anyone who interacts with us on social media or email or whatever, they have a, like a 99.9% chance of me being the one to respond or see it and you never engaging with it at all. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think it's a similar dynamic over there. I mean, I do participate in Discord. I'm evolving. Yes. I'm learning. Well, I, I've been very pleased by that. Thank um, but you. anyway, uh, Graham and Allie, uh, they recorded something nice for us. And I, mm-hmm. I assume something enthusiastic and some well wishes and kudos for a job well done over the last 10 years. Maybe um, some praise for carrying the torch of Rex Factor boldly into new areas. You know, that you, kind of thing. I'm sorry, you said you assume? Yeah. Do you not listen to what they recorded yet? No, no, I haven't listened. I, I thought it would be more fun for us to listen to it together okay. for the first time tonight. Mm-hmm. I've I've been sitting on this thing for a while now, especially with our little delay. Uh, we hope to record a little earlier than right. tonight. But So how do you intend for us both to hear it? Do you have it set up that way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I just I'm gonna share my screen. I'm gonna share the audio. You're gonna hear okay. it, and then we can kind of respond to the congratulations that we've been given from our our forebears, as you said. There you go. Uh, you ready? Uh, absolutely. Let's hear it. Okay, I'm really looking forward to this. Here we go. Welcome to Rex Factor. So we we've just been asked uh, by uh, John and Andy to do uh, a little message for. Uh, saga thing because it's coming up to their their tenth anniversary, if you can believe that. Mm. How long ago did we did they get me doing those poems then? When we did Chalk Valley. Really? Yeah. Crikey, they're getting on a bit then, aren't they? That was ten years. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! That, what's that in podcast? Is it like a dog? There should be a different measurement, shouldn't there? Yeah. For yeah. <laughs> uh, do you do you have a favourite? Favorite thing from Saga thing? Favorite moment? Sagas. Yep. The sagas. And the things. The things were equally good as the sagas. Well, of course you know what a thing is. Yeah. Oh, I do know what a thing is. Mm. It's like a meeting, isn't it? It is like a meeting. It's a saga meeting. An old person's meeting. (laughs) Perfect. A perfect title for a podcast. Yeah. Old, 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 uh, well, they are old now, aren't they? Ten years. Mm-hmm. I like the um, the bit that we did. Yeah, that was that was my favourite bit. But yeah, so this is uh, it's one obviously the very earliest examples of uh, one of these podcasts that uh, basically just takes our idea, rips it off, and, uh, <laughs> you know, lives lives off uh, lives off of the associated <laughs> glory. But yeah, I mean, it, it's an odd one as well because you think you know we're a, a podcast reviewing kings and queens we developed this format for the factors to review these individual people and they listened to our podcast on william the fourth pineapple head that stole the navy and thought we should apply this to a thousand year old norse literature icelandic literature icelandic literature that's it that's the bit i like (laughs) so it's isn't it yeah it's not a very good fit obviously but uh that you know they decided to go with it so you know each their own i suppose and uh it's ten years, which I think about nine of those years have been spent doing Yarl Saga. Uh, so what's that? Yarl. Yarl. Isn't that a cheese? No, it's Yarg. Have you ever had Yarg? I think it's Cornish. Yeah. Does it, is, it, is that the one that's got the green stuff on the outside? It's not the one with the red wax on the outside. No. <laughs> or the ones with the holes. No, it's not a holy cheese. Or the creamy French one. 
or just cheese, by which I mean cheddar. Proper cheese. So it must be. Yeah, it's the other one. And it's not Stilton. Yeah. Hang on. There it is. Oh, gracious. That, if you made that, you'd say, oh, something went wrong. I'll, I'll do it again. I mean, thankfully, on the inside, it's... Uh, yeah, that looks better. Yeah, that's a bit better. Is it, oh, it's Cornish. It is Cornish, yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, is that the uh, is that yeah Cornish yarg cheese in podcast format? <laughs> because of their creamy, creamy vocals, yet undesirable <laughs> aesthetic. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, ten, ten years is uh, is a very long time uh, to podcast, uh, as we all know. It makes it does make me feel old as a podcast host that a podcast inspired by us. Is ten years old. Yeah, gosh, yeah. I mean, I've just been saying words. I hadn't really thought about it. Well, well done, guys, on uh, ten years of podcasting. Here's to uh, another ten years of uh, battles on Wales and ghost seals. What? How, how, how long have they got left then? That's a very personal question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if they had to go at this rate, how many sagas are there? Uh, they do have a list. I'm not sure how many more they've got to do. They've um, sort of, I guess, sim- similar-ish to us, that uh, the, the more that they do, the longer that they take uh, yeah. to do them. So uh, I imagine it could be, a, could be a while yet. But they were asking what people would like them to tackle next after they'd done the... Because uh, they're doing the family sagas. They haven't done... This. There's not all the sagas. So the king sagas, for example, like the Orkney Inga saga that we encounter quite a lot in the Scottish series, which tells us the sagas of the actual kings rather than sort of these family escapades. So maybe they could do that. Get a so bit more a back to something of... a bit more relevant to, you know, the, the factors. <laughs> and... um, but there's not many, it's not many uh, cultures that, uh, oh, hang on, I'm on dangerous ground here, but I can't <laughs> think of many other places that have a, a an oral tradition like that that's, can sustain 10 years of the podcast. An oral tradition. Oh, actually, no, an oral tradition Maris. in written format. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Oh! I mean, how, how did you how do you th- imagine that they would otherwise review these sagas? Do you think they had to find the old man on the rock? That... <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I just thought it was like you just had to go to the local pub and you hear the person <laughs> with the squeeze works going, and then there was a dragon and he slayed a prince of thieves. And all that. <laughs> Well, that's what they had us doing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe you just decided to take that role upon upon yourself, and uh... I promise you, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, congratulations on uh, ten years, guys. Here's to uh, ten more, whatever comes next, uh, and maybe uh, maybe take up Ali's suggestion and uh, sing in a pub. Sing in a pub. Yeah, I mean that is a long time. Well done. (laughs) Less poetry, but well done. (laughs) Are we being cheeky? Yes. We're cheeky chappies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, John, how about how about that? I mean, could you ask for a more rousing endorsement of us and what we do? <laughs> Man. Oh, if, thank I you, mean, guys. <laughs> it was such a Rex Factor moment, wasn't it? it. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> it's it's brilliant. I mean, that was really if you if you listen to that again, and I encourage you to go back about you know five minutes, six minutes, whatever it is. And what you're going to hear is Graham being Graham and Allie being Allie. And right. that's what makes Rex Factor right. work. And it's, both of them barely tolerating us. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, man. The cheese digression. Uh, I mean, and, you know, the thing is, the funny thing is that, you know, there was a time when it was just, you know, the two of us uh, imitating them. Uh, and now it's just incredible how many members of the Rexipod family there are now. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's grown exponentially, especially in the last few years. Yeah, I mean Rex Factor started it all in what 2010, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we came along in 2013. Uh, Totalis Rankium started in I think 2016. Yeah, uh, that sounds right. Pontifax and Grim Reading came about a couple of years later, maybe 2017, 18, uh, and then things just started to really blow up during the pandemic. Um, yeah. I, I, last time I checked the complete list, there's about 20 or so podcasts at this point uh, mm-hmm. where hosts pick a theme, offer an overview, and then rate and rank them. Uh, and that mm-hmm. and they identify themselves specifically as having descended from Rex Factor. That That's exactly right. So, I mean, this isn't a, any kind of kudos to us because hardly any of them mention us or know we exist. <laughs> <laughs> However, the, I don't the know. Rex- after, what, after what Graham and Allie had to say, it might be better off that way. <laughs> yeah exactly but in terms of people that you know are working with this format in this you know similar way that we are or to tell us rankium or pontifax or grim reading whatever um it, it's great and if you're into history and you like this style of podcast with two hosts kind of going back and forth there's plenty plenty out there for you uh, everything from popes to French monarchs to founding fathers to heroes and villains of the American West to Greek gods, Russian rulers, Nobel laureates. I mean, there's whatever you want. It's it's available mm-hmm. for you. Um, uh, and a special shout out to Quinn from Noblesse Oblige, by the way. Uh, it turns out Quinn is a graduate student in the physics department at the University of Mississippi. And he's a really nice guy. Had, hey, had small world. It's a very small world. He's at the same university as I am and in the Rexypod family. And I had no idea until we connected through Discord. That's amazing. Um, again, when I talk about the friendships and community that this podcast has given us, this is the kind of thing that I am talking about. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Yeah, no, I mean, the list of people who we've gotten to know um, through doing this podcast, not just uh, just the listeners, but also the other podcasters right, who – have really kind of, you know, welcomed a couple of people who, frankly, are utter amateurs. I mean, you know, you and I have been doing this for 10 years, but it doesn't mean we are in any way professionals or competent. Uh, It's been, you know, really, it's been great to be a part of this, like the Rexypod community for the last decade. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, John, speaking of the kind of community that we've been building through this podcast, we've received a lot of great comments and questions from our listeners. And, um, I, you know, I'd like to share a few of these if I could. Great. That's what this is all about. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the past 10 years isn't possible or at least not, not as much fun without our listeners. Mm. Uh, so I'm going to sit back and hear all these nice comments or okay. whatever well, it is they have to say about us since I haven't heard them yet. Well, I've, I've selected nice ones, although there Good. weren't any, Good job. there weren't any mean ones. <laughs> 
So uh, let's do like a like a handful of comments and then jump into the questions. Okay. Um, let's start with an old friend, uh, John. Do you remember Chris Cottrell? Chris, of course. Yeah. Chris, uh, for those those of the rest of you, uh, the Chris was a master student at UConn around the time that I was finishing up, uh, mm-hmm. and when you were starting to work on your dissertation, I think. That's right. Yeah. Uh, is Chris listening to the podcast? Well, I wouldn't have mentioned him if he wasn't, but true. It'd be yes. a weird. It'd be a weird digression. Otherwise, is a weird. Uh, you know, hey John, here's a random person <laughs> that we used to know who has no connection to the podcast. But no, Chris has been listening for for actually quite a while. Um, he says he can't remember when he started listening, but it's been it's been a long time, and it's been nice to see him kind of occasionally pop up in um, the comments in our social media where we can kind of reconnect. But uh, he says. I had the pleasure of being drawn into this world thanks to John and Andy when I was in graduate school with them. Their enthusiasm led me to study the sagas initially, and then it brought me back when they started this project at a much different time in my life. Thank you. Uh, Hopefully you know your curiosity and first-rate scholarship has led another generation to grow up with stories of longhouse rodeos and spectral seals. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, two of my favorites. Uh-huh. Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> oh, it's great to hear from Chris. I didn't realize that he was that active in uh, listening. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, a question for you, John, now that I'm thinking of Chris. Mm-hmm. And and thinking of Chris brings me back to a very specific moment in our history together. Uh-huh. Um, John, did, did Chris play on any of our English department's graduate intramural softball teams? Oh, God. Because I feel like <laughs> he was definitely there. When we were all doing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were all doing it, but we were definitely not doing it well. Um, well, some of us weren't. We, we did not have the most talented team. Uh, I believe Chris was involved. Uh, but, you know, so. people came and went so much from those games that I don't know if there was much of a a consistent core group beyond uh, our friend Josh, who helped to run the team for many years. Yeah, I mean, once you saw the slaughter that the, <laughs> the teams suffered... Yeah, it, it turns out that when you uh, put a bunch of English PhDs in a summer softball league with the campus police uh, and the phys ed department. <laughs> yes, yeah, they were the athletics. Uh, it's not It's not pretty. <laughs> oh, it was disgusting. Uh, I felt like I pitched well. I put the ball where it's supposed to be. I, I trusted in my fielders. Um, that didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's then, a reason why I became the DH because <laughs> my fielding if, was uh, even even by the the lax standards of our team, my fielding was not up to snuff. Yeah, and you know, if John's your DH, then there's significant problems with your. Oh, team. now I'll have you know, I was a reliable single or double every time. I mean, maybe, um, but here's what one thing that I know for sure: most of the people on that team could not even get a single. Um, <laughs> that's why I was DH. <laughs> it, it, it was rough going for a for a good long while. But do do you do you happen to remember any of the names of our softball teams throughout the years? I I do remember that when I first started, we were the Beowulfs for mm-hmm. one summer, mm-hmm. um, and then the names got increasingly weirder, sometimes more embarrassing. Right. Uh, I mean, there was definitely the year when we were the misplaced modifiers. Oh, I hated that one. Uh- <laughs> Pretty sure I still Mis- have that team T-shirt somewhere. Misplaced modifiers. Oh yep. man! I what else were we? <laughs> God only knows. 
Oh man, it's just it's it's frighteningly embarrassing. We were when bad. You give, what we were, Andy. We were bad that's every time. What we were. Yeah. Okay. No matter um, how I'll, no matter how obscure and convoluted the puns got, we just remained the same bad team. Exactly. All right. Well, let's uh, let's kind of rapid fire go through a couple of um, a handful of comments from our listeners uh, mm-hmm. who are not involved in our softball uh, glory days in any way. Um, <laughs> Let's start with Tyler Holden, who says, I found this podcast shortly after the Erpikisaga episode and was instantly hooked. I've been listening ever since, and I always do a replay of my favorite three sagas each winter. That includes Gretir's, Njal's, and Ale Saga. Oof. That's a lot of replay. <laughs> That's a lot of replay. It's heavy. I mean, that, that up, up to Laxdali Saga recently, those are our longest kind of series, right? Yep. Yeah. Here's what I imagine. Tyler lives near the mountains. It's snowy. Mm-hmm. You've got pine trees with like that, you know, like snow on the sure. on the branches. An open and, hearth fire. Well, uh, of course. And he's sitting with a, a cup of, of of steaming steaming Joe or tea or whatever he's he's drinking, and he says, "Let's fire up. Let's fire up a little bit of Nyalsaka, and sit <laughs> sit here and look at the look at the snowfall." And does he actually narrate alone in his cottage? Or I have no idea how he does it, but I say there's a postcard image right. there in my mind, and I, I really like it. And that's why I chose Tyler's to share because I think it's so cozy and nice. Of course, he's listening to Ale, uh, you know, bite the throat out of somebody, <laughs> you know, while he's while he's looking at the snow. But that's not important. And he takes, What's important? He takes another sip from his cocoa. <laughs> yes, but it's a beautiful image. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to um, Harry Jonsson, who uh, we both know as the the lead singer for Tour, the uh, the yep. amazing metal yep. band. He says, "I got into the sagas through Ferring Saga." Um, of course, uh, Harry, if you know him, he's from he's from uh, the Faroe Islands. Uh, he says he was around ten years old when he started getting into the sagas, um, and then he says more follow more, more sagas followed uh, Njal Saga, especially. Um, and he actually found us through kind of researching Njal Saga. Um, he says, your description of the death of Gisli Sorsen and his poem, it sticks in my mind. I was just jogging across a bridge in Prague and I was listening to that chapter. And I had to stop and listen to it three times over while watching the waters flow. That's that's a really nice image. And if you um, follow Harry on, on social media, you'll often see the kind of videos he, he's quite good at the social media and he mm-hmm. posts some really amazing videos whether he's jogging in the Faroe Islands or in Prague or wherever he, he's at um, he posts some pretty incredible landscapes and images um, and, and I like to think that we're with him on some right, of those journeys right and may I say that I'm not the least bit envious jealous or furious at Hetty for um, living a life where he gets to listen to our podcast while jogging through the Faroes or while uh, crossing bridges in Prague uh, and I sit in my house in rural Massachusetts. <laughs> That's right. Um, Hedy concludes, as he often does in his communications with us, with a request that we at some point do Fede Inga Saga. John, are we going to do Fede Inga Saga anytime soon? I mean, every time I try to suggest it, you keep arguing that we shouldn't. So How dare you? Uh, <laughs> that is not at all reflecting the reality of the situation. No. <laughs> the issue is that Fering Saga is not one of the family sagas. However, we're not far from the end of 
yeah. the family sagas. Well, and so theoretically, we're not far from the end. What? What? Well, in terms of years, no. But in terms of sagas, yes. So, Hedy, you probably have about, I would guess, five years <laughs> to prepare <laughs> before Fede Saga. And because you are who you are, you can expect us to uh, to call on you for an interview about that particular uh, saga. And, and possibly for a bit of theme music to go along with it. Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. But if anyone could do it, yep. Hedy can. <laughs> All right. So if you're jogging while you're listening to this ridiculous episode, Harry, uh, please start thinking about melodies that we can use for that episode. But all right, so here's another one from DM Emmy. They say, my best friend who passed away in April turned me on to the podcast. And when I started listening, it was to help me get through the overnights as the wheelchair cleaning tech at a residential nursing home for MS patients. Saga thing was a few months along at that point. So They've been with us for 10 years, John. That's a long time. It's a long time. Um, they say, I've I've been listening since then. I have moved. I've changed jobs several times, but Saga thing stays, and I've listened to it multiple times since. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that that frankly gives us a lot more, um, a lot more importance and weight than we deserve, but thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you got. I'm really glad that your friend was able to share that with you. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and then there's Wilhelm Dad Joke from Discord. John, that's Will Beal, right? He says, "Wishing you well." And then he he even composed a little kind of poem for us. May the dead rise to meet you. May an axe be always at your back. May the blood spray warm upon your face. May the trolls tread soft upon your fields, and until we feud again, may the law hold you along with the land. He goes on to say, you guys got me through grad school with your boreal banter. Oh, jeez. And I was just clever, clever alliteration there, Will. Um, And he says, while I've been drinking with Andy once more than I have been with John. Thanks to a rendezvous in Cork, Ireland. That's my cheating. loyalty to my best man, Micah, makes me swear fealty as John Stingman forevermore. Huzzah! No, not huzzah. John, I don't like that last part. Well, nobody asked you how you felt about it, Andy. This is... <laughs> Some things aren't about you. I mean, <laughs> Will is a good... He's a good guy. And I felt like we, we created a nice bond, especially Absolutely. in Cork. And here, you know, the Micah connection is powerful. Hmm. All right. Well, oh, and uh, John, I I need to call your attention to a few people who you might have a problem with after hearing. Okay. Are you ready for this? Um, All right. I don't know how I'd have a problem with one of our dear listeners, but you go on. Well, I mean, this this issue, it's popped up more than once with our listeners. Uh, It's an issue. That I, I, you know, I suspect that you've dealt with quite often as a lit professor, you know? Okay. I'm guessing somebody hasn't been doing the reading. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Kelda is hooked on our podcast, she says, but she also says, I have yet to actually read a saga myself. Why, that's outrageous. Indeed. Correct that at once. And and this might hit a little closer to home, this next one. 
Uh, and I can tell you, by the way, with 100% certainty, my wife has only read a couple of sagas, so it's not... Uh... Well, it's not It's not your wife, you know? Okay, but, good, good. But it is, it is close, mm-hmm. or at least kind of close. It, you know, in Icelandic saga terms, it's very close. I, I'm talking about Lane, Weaver of Mirth, who mm-hmm. you'll know as the friend of your wife's sister, your friend-in-law, practically a kinsman. Welcome, Lane, my friend-in-law. <laughs> I well I welcome any kinsman. Yes. Well, Lane wrote us a nice message, but he said he's been listening since 2017. That's six years of Saga Thing podcast and goodness. And yet Lane says, and I quote, I still haven't read a saga yet. I mean, the outrage, the, the shame of it all. <laughs> the shame. Uh, he, he's bought Lane, some. Let me know, let me know where you are and I'll send you one. <laughs> Well, he he says he's got Njal Saga on the shelf right now, but has he picked it up, John? Well, no. I mean, that's that's clearly he's chosen the wrong one. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, Njal Saga is a bookstop. There, there's a lot of shame for people like Kelda and Lane and not having read a saga. But, but you know, why don't you, John, help people mm-hmm. like them out? Where should okay. they begin? Is Njal Saga the right starting point? What should they do? I mean, let's just let's just dispense with that right away. Nyal Saga is absolutely not the right starting point. No, uh, it is the pinnacle of the saga writer's art, but you know, it's it's not where you'd want to start out, right? I mean, you you start out painting like Bob Ross, not like uh, Da Vinci. Hmm. Um, it's okay. if you're going to read, if you're going to start on the sagas, uh, and you've and you have been listening to our podcast, which presumably uh, you wouldn't be hearing my advice if you hadn't been. Uh, I'm going to say to look for something like a uh, a Gisli saga, um, yeah. a uh, maybe Ref the Sly. Uh, honestly, what we're doing right now, Havit saga, in many ways, is a solid introductory saga. It's got all the elements. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, it's every there is no such thing as a typical saga. They all have their own unique qualities, mm-hmm. but there are some that I would say are um, more clear. In their in their embrace of the so the 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 themes of a saga the patterns of a saga, and you know I I think I've said elsewhere that Gisli for me is the is the saga I recommend for people who have never read one. That's right. Uh, it's um, it's got everything you need. It's got everything that a saga should have, and it doesn't have a lot of extraneous material, so that it become it's a very clean experience reading reading a, a Gisli saga as your first. Yeah, uh, yeah, I generally agree. Um, uh, on the other hand, I would say you know if you want if you don't want to read, um, Saga Things is a great substitute for that. So uh, you know I'm not going to sure. shame you for that. John we didn't may say shame either you. or. We didn't say either or. It could be both. John may shame you, but I do not. Okay. Uh. <laughs> oh, uh, and before we jump to listener questions, uh, let me just cover the listeners' favorite moments, and I think we could do it pretty quickly. Can you can you actually do it quickly? Yes, because most people seem to like the same things. You want you want to guess what they <laughs> like? Uh, sure. I mean, top of the list. I'm going to assume it's the Ghost Seal from Airbridge Saga. Yes. yes, that that is absolutely the one. Uh, there there are two clear leaders in the favorite moment category from our listeners, and Ghost Seal is probably number one. Uh, for example, Kelda, who we just chided, uh, says that any time a seal pops up in the sagas that we cover, she has difficulty maintaining her poise on the indoor cycle 
which is usually where she listens. And I like to I like to imagine her I mean, falling off the cycle <laughs> while listening to us. That's that's why we do this, really. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why you were laughing so hard at that moment. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but what's the what you said? There were two moments. Uh-huh. What's the other one? I'm curious. Yeah, the second one. Uh, so, well, more than one person uh, wrote simply something like anything Scarpathen did. So Scarpathen, <laughs> anything he did. I mean, that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, Scarpathen's a He's a complex figure, right? He's a he's a sardonic fatalist. Mm-hmm. He sees the worst in every situation, and he gets grim amusement from the world proving him right. Right. Uh, it's he's like a he's like a giant male hairy Daria, <laughs> uh, and there there are nuances to that characterization that are just really fun. There are. I, I wouldn't want to share a share an ocean voyage with the guy, but he's a lot of fun to read about. Right, and he's good with a spear, and he's he's good on ice. He's good on uh, on dry land. It doesn't matter. He's he's good everywhere. Right. Yeah. So uh, we did have some other interesting submissions. Uh, I'm going to run through mm-hmm. some of them really quick here, and you can respond where, where, wherever you feel the need. All right? Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, Orm the Red says, uh, a saga thing high point for me was the Eggers and Sion interview. Uh, that was a great one, John. I really... I mean, that's honestly, that's a high point for me as well. It's a high point for both of us, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the- it was very. It was exciting to you know see a movie, really enjoy it, really respect the work, and then find out that the people who who made it were actually listening to us. Yeah, yeah. And then to read the script and talk to him. Yeah, it was a great, great time. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, real, real pleasure there. Um, Lane Weaver of Mirth uh, says so many favorite moments, but I really like I've come to return your axe from Greta's Saga. That's where Thorgir Bottleback That's- returns Thorvin's axe. Yeah, that's 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 top three for me, definitely. Yeah. I really enjoy just the chaos of that moment mm-hmm. and the the dodging of all the different battles while he runs up the whale's spine to get at this guy. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Amazing. Good good. Uh then Dragon Wolf the Many Lived said Thorgareth's comment to Olaf Peacock, You must think you've done more dangerous things in your life than talk to a woman. Just a classic <laughs> a classic line, classic moment. Uh win the wanderer. So he has a, a little bit longer one, but uh, says, favorite saga thing moment. You know how you know when the Wanderer is a PhD student? Because his comments mm-hmm. are a little bit lengthier, just like <laughs> just like us. Uh, that's, you got you to build up those muscles. That's right. But uh, yeah, he says, uh, favorite saga thing moment, hard one, but it has to be a tie between John's dramatized cowboy-esque readings of Ale's version in all the Ale saga episodes. <laughs> and he also likes your seal bit in the Lockstyle episodes because it caught him completely off guard. Um, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> in terms of favorite moments from the saga. Seals are always good. Seals are always they're, entertaining. They're always funny, especially when you put those human eyes on them. It's just Hilarious. Uh, his favorite uh, saga moments uh, are also kind of a tie. Uh, once again, Scarpathen's uh, river leap to ice skating Slaughterfest. Sure. Uh, but then he mentions, and this is why I wanted to include this part from uh, Wynn's comment, the Ragnar episode from Barthar Saga. Mm. That was that was a lot of fun. In fact, yeah. I liked that one so much. I took uh, Scarpathen illustrator's illustration of it. I made it into a shirt. And I wear it all really? the time. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I love it. It, it looks great. Great. No, that's, that's an excellent one. Yeah. All right. So uh, finally, the, the last one is uh, Greg. And Greg says, while favorite is the wrong word for it, and maybe heartbreaking would be better, uh, it was Andy's unalloyed joy at the prospect of selecting Snorri Gothi, perceptibly transforming into <laughs> despair once John picked Snorri to be his thingman. <laughs> uh, that's definitely a top moment for me <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a memorable moment for me 
Um, but I, I do, I, I think that the, uh, the shock of that one, you know, the, the waves of that shock are still kind of rolling through saga thing. <laughs> so yeah. And I'm still using your bitter tears to flavor my bread. Yes, you are. Well, Greg, excellent choice. I think that really captured just how nefarious John was going to be. And wow. I realized by, by taking my turn when it came to me. That's right. But I, I realized at that moment that uh, Saga thing and the, thing, the Thingman choice, it wasn't going to be just a, a jolly old time. It was, uh, John was out for blood, so. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, John, so those were those were a lot of fun. Nice to walk down memory lane. Uh, but we're going to wrap this episode up with some listener questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Are we done self-congratulating and patting one another on the back? That's... <laughs> Well, yeah, we we are. Um, all we have left to do for this episode... I don't know. I've still got a few square inches of back that haven't been padded yet. So all we have left to do for this episode are these questions. Now, I tried okay. to be selective so that we don't go on too much longer and hopefully bring this first part of our 10th anniversary episode to a close. Perfect. Okay, what do we got? All right. Well, up first, we have Andy S., who you will remember uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Right, the trip to the Canadian Rockies. That's yeah. right, yes. 4,300 yep. miles there and back again. And uh, Andy writes, one of our stops was at Alexandria, Minnesota to visit the Kensington Runestone, which, uh, John, of course, we've heard of the Kensington Runestone. He says, mm-hmm. it was pretty disappointing to me that the museum mentioned that it was a controversial artifact, but then didn't give any of the reasons why it's widely viewed as a fraud. I pointed out to my kids that almost all of the artifacts on display had been found by recent immigrants from Scandinavia instead of by actual archaeologists. I think the museum could have actually made a pretty interesting display about nationalism, immigration, and fake artifacts as a means to add a sense of legitimacy to one's presence in a place. But they definitely weren't willing to admit that it was likely a fake. Uh On the plus side, my 16-year-old linguistics enthusiast did get a copy of Jesse Bayek's Viking Language 1 from the gift shop. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's a a good book. It's a great introduction to Old Norse and the world of the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Good choice. Yeah, but that's not the question. The the question is, it's just a setup to the question. Uh, And it's a setup for a question about things like the Kensington Runestone. So Andy asks, have you considered a saga brief on fake Norse artifacts in North America? Thank you, Andy. Uh, we did one angle on You're that welcome. a few years ago. Uh, we yes, <laughs> uh, we talked about Vikings in New England uh, and New England's attempts to claim the site of Vinland yes. in the 19th and 20th centuries. Uh, people like Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, uh, Eben Horsford, uh, Oliver Wendell Holmes, John Greenleaf Whittier, uh, all of them were trying to make the case for the Vikings having lived in and around the Boston area. Uh, we've actually got a rock here about... 10 miles from my house called Dighton Rock that's been claimed as a Viking artifact, but almost certainly isn't, and a lot more like that. But yeah, no, it'd be fun to do maybe a multi-part series about the false myths and artifacts that have grown up around the Vikings in the States. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's, put it, let's put it on the list. Uh, the list. The long list of saga briefs that never <laughs> will be. <laughs> Some of them happen. Some of them do eventually. <laughs> Uh, but this, this is an interesting one, and it would be. I, I think the the really interesting thing for me is exactly what he says, like um, what these what the function of these things really is. Right, right. What's the motive behind trying to find these things? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here here's another question. This one comes from Elliot via email. Uh, Elliot says, "Saga thing has covered a wide range of sagas, from the well known sagas like Ale Saga and Laxala Saga to the more obscure like Hen Thoris Saga and Kjaltlisinga Saga." 
of the more obscure sagas, John, which one do you think deserves more appreciation than it's been given? Well, um, Andy, why don't you answer this one first? Because I keep answering. Them. Okay. Well, it's just because I'm reading the questions, so then it it feels natural <laughs> to give it to you. But yeah, um, I can I can answer this one uh, from from my perspective. Um, you know, I thought about this one because obviously I, I I pulled this question, um, and I thought you know I was pleasantly surprised by quite a few of the more obscure sagas. Things like mm-hmm. Henthor's Saga, Finboy's Saga, uh, Drop Laugarson's Saga, the Horde and the Home Dwellers, I think, was really good. And I think I scored it really well. Mm. Um, but, I, you know, looking back through that whole list, the one that stands out as not only worthy of more attention and appreciation, but worthy of scholarly attention and appreciation, it's uh, Viglund's Saga. Uh, back when we were doing yeah. the Warrior Poets. Um, yeah, 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 and maybe that's because I I have I wrote uh, conference papers about it and still want to write that paper, but never got around to writing that mm-hmm. paper uh, about it. But yeah, the Vigeland saga for me. Well, I think I think you put your finger on it by saying you know, the difference between needs more attention and needs more critical attention. Right, there are some of these sagas that are just criminally underserved by scholarship. Yeah, um, and there there are others that I think just get dunked on unjustly. Right, they've got scholarship, but it's all negative. Hmm. Uh, I know it's not an obscure one, but I'm always amazed by how much negative attention has been paid to Arabidja Saga. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's, it, it gets unfairly compared to Lockstall Saga, and it's really its own animal. Uh, but as far as other sagas we've done, for sheer surprise, I was impressed by how much was going on in Rekdal Saga. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the story of Askel the Gothi and his attempts to keep his, his extended family from being destroyed by their own stupidity. Uh and I'm also going to, I'm just because I have to, I'm going to float Ref Saga. Mm. Uh, right? People people sleep on that one uh, with the weird inventions and the steampunk stuff. I don't think most people even know it exists. And it's it's like nothing else in medieval literature. Yeah. It should really have a wider audience. Yeah, I agree. And, and just in terms of like surprise and something that's just kind of fun to read, I think Finboy Saga is legit a, a great saga yeah. just to read. It reads like a folk sure. tale that is also a saga. Um, and it's just got a lot of fun little adventures in there. Well, and the way it dovetails with Vatnsdala Saga, right? Because Finboya shows up in there, yeah. but as almost a villain, as an antagonist. Uh, it's interesting to see the way different sagas spin their stories. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go, Elliot. Uh, yeah. Pretty good answers, I think. Good sagas. <laughs> but done. We, we so we're not done. Pack each other on the back. Yet. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but we've got uh, we've got a similar question from Olivia, who also contacts us via email. Uh, she asks us Hi, to look forward rather than backward. Oh, so is that about what we'll do after the family sagas? No, uh, that would actually be easier, at least from my perspective, to say here's what we're thinking. Oh. <laughs> you know, but uh, Olivia wants to know which of the remaining family sagas that we have to cover. Uh, we're looking forward to most. Just, I think that's a why great is, question. But why is it more difficult? Well, two reasons. Uh, I think first, uh, I don't remember which sagas we have left. There are forty. <laughs> <laughs> I believe we are on. Um, we are on number uh, thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah, we're on yep. number thirty-two. Uh, yep. So that means we have eight left to go. But I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly which ones. Um, and also, of the ones we have left, this is my second reason. Um, I haven't read all of them before, so oh. I feel I feel less qualified to answer that. Well, I mean, I can help you out with at least the first part. Okay. Right? So as we said, we've got eight left to, after we finish uh, Harvest Saga. Yeah. Speaking uh, of speaking of which, ha- yeah. Well, well, we'll get back to it soon. Will we? But here's what we have left. I have a I have a list on my desk here. 
so in no particular order, we've got uh, Gulthor's Saga, uh, the Saga of the Slayings on the Heath, mm. uh, Los Vetninga Saga, yeah. Filzdal Saga, the Saga of the People of Svarfadal, uh, the Saga of Thorstein Sidhalsen, Vigagloom Saga, and Valajot Saga. Does that help? Uh, yeah, that actually, that's very helpful. I'm glad you have a little list there. Uh, I mean, somebody's got to keep track of this stuff. Well, you know, at least you do something around here. Um, I'm going to tell you That's this. Right. Uh, as much as I love the idea of Losvetninga Saga and all the promises uh, that are there in the story of Guthmund and Riki, uh, I like, I, I think that the, um, I think the fractured nature of that manuscript and its effect on the narrative, all of that frightens me, John. So, <laughs> and, and, and Jov, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but you understand. You've worked with the text. Well, it'll be it'll be a good excuse for some manuscript studies. See, I shouldn't have mentioned it. Now I have to go pull that soundbite. <laughs> yeah, no, but the question wasn't about what saga you're most afraid of. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was which one you're looking forward right. to. Right, yeah, well... Yeah, there are several in the list that leap out to me that I've been looking forward to covering for a while now, and we just never end up choosing it. Things like Viga Gloom, uh, which I still can't believe we haven't done. And uh, mm-hmm. Slayings on the Heath. I remember coming to you and saying, we got to do, I forget, it was after a specific saga. I said, Slayings on the Heath, that's the next one we got to do. Yep. And for whatever reason, we didn't uh, do it. It wasn't the right time. Uh, but for this question, I'm going to pick one that I haven't read. One that I'm really excited to get to know, and that's going to be Svartale Saga. Uh, it's hmm. an area that I visited. It's an area we just traveled to with Botli Botlison, and I think it's going to be a really good time. Um, I, I, I've read some interesting mm-hmm. things about that text, so I'm looking forward to that. What about you? Sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, I'm looking forward to all of them, but um, I I mentioned Rectale Saga earlier. Uh, the second half of that story, if you remember, was the story of Killer Scooter's feud with his father-in-law, Vigaglu. That's why I thought we, we had done it already, honestly. Uh, right. And I can't wait to tell that side of the yeah. story in Vigaglu's saga and go into Gloom's life a little deeper. Well, I think you know now would be a good time. Do you want to do we want to commit to one or those of those two or do we want to do one of those shorter ones in that list for next time? No, I think I mean we're doing Howarth right now. Howarth's pretty short, so we should probably should probably tackle one of the meteor ones after this. Okay. Yeah. So we'll do one of these two, uh Svarfdala saga or Vigaglu's. And That'll right. be a good time. I like it. Okay. We'll flip a coin later. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right. Here is a question that we have heard many times throughout our years together, but it's still a good one. I can't remember if we have addressed this before, maybe in a court to court or somewhere else, maybe just in conversation with people um, at conferences, mm-hmm. but I don't think we've done it on the podcast. But whether we did or not, not important. This was the most popular question we were asked for this anniversary episode, and it actually stimulated some discussion on the Discord. So I'm going to set it up with uh, Jan from Poland first. He writes, Why has nobody made a TV show adaptation of any of the sagas? I watched Utlaugen, Mm -hmm. and I'm aware of the Njal saga movie, but such projects are few and far between. People are interested in the Vikings. Shows like Vikings or Last Kingdom are proof of this, but the sagas are almost like ready-made screenplays, and yet nobody seems to make much use of them. Does this maybe have to do with modern sensibilities, money, or the Icelanders' attitude toward their literature? 
Hmm. Good question. Um, uh, I completely agree that they are like ready-made screenplays. We've said that on the podcast before for sure. Yeah. Uh, But what do you think, John? Why don't we see more saga-specific films and series? I mean, I you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to speak to the opinions of, of Icelanders toward uh, filming the literature. That's something to ask an Icelander. Yeah. Uh, I think that looking at it from the perspective of American filmmakers and American producers, uh, these stories are complicated. Uh, you know, they do a great deal with very little in the way of kind of narrative overhang. Uh, and that's a difficult thing to bring across, yeah. especially when you're trying to deal with, you know, I mean, some of these, God help us with, you know, Nal Saga, over 300 named individuals, right? And Lockstala is not far behind that. Uh, but even the smaller sagas, you know, several dozen people generally who are quite important in the story. Exactly. You've got to, you got to start uh, like getting that whole, not only your whole region, but the, the power players just outside that region. And so it, it gets right. really complicated really quick. So I do think that Jan is correct that it's actually a series that would be a better fit for the sagas than a movie. Yeah. Right? Films just just can't encompass a saga. Uh, it would have to be a limited series, perhaps not a very limited series. You know, some of these longer sagas could easily be several seasons long. For sure, yeah. Uh, but I would love to see an anthology series doing like a, a saga a year kind of thing. And I'm going to just humbly float out the only uh, filmmaker who I've seen actually handle this kind of literature, I think, correctly, and that's that's Robert Eggers. Yeah. Yes. You know, somebody convince him to make a series on the sockets. Yes. Yeah. And actually, since he theoretically listens to this podcast, hey, Robert. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, actually, John, one of the <laughs> listeners uh, suggested, and it might have been Jan later in in his comment, it might have been someone else, uh, but suggested uh, the what they would like to see is... Robert Eggers and Sion working with John and Andy from Saga Thing to put <laughs> to put one of these together. So uh, you know, Sion, it's not really our field. Sion, Robert, but, uh, if you're if you're listening, uh, John and I are available. You know, to consult <laughs> and to write and whatever you need. All right. Um, so okay, there's there's another question along the same lines uh, from mm-hmm. Wilhelm Dad Joke. Oh yes, my newest thingman. Hmm. Not. I'm still not terribly happy about that. But uh, but Will writes. Uh, I do have two possible questions for this episode. Uh, assuming that you could trust Hollywood to do it right. So if we handed it over to uh, Robert mm-hmm. Eggers and and Sion, um, what did, what sagas do you think would make the best big Hollywood movie? Versus what saga would you personally most like to see get the treatment? Hmm. And you just say bonus points if you can suggest who you'd cast in it, uh, but that that part's going to be difficult. That's that's yeah, I couldn't I couldn't come up with that kind of thing. I just don't know enough of the younger actors in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of which saga I would most like to see filmed, if I could be confident they would do it right, I, this is going to at this point it's something of a trope around here, but Gisla Saga. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's a trim cast. Um, it is. It has a number of complex individuals who all have very complex motivations. Um, Gisla's relationship with his wife is, you know, one of the I think one of the great love stories in the sagas, and that's the kind of thing that always plays well in a Hollywood film. And then you also have the the difficulties among the siblings in the Cersen family, uh, and then you know the the growing sense of inevitability about Gisli's fate. It's just everything that you, you know, that you hope a Hollywood film will do well, 
could be done with that saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I, I was going to say that as well, but um, I decided that the questions really, it's about what we personally would like, right? And I think if we mm-hmm. had a three to three and a half hour film, because I'm sticking, I'm, mm-hmm. for this, I'm going to stick to films, not series. I think okay. in a three to three and a half hour film, you could tell the story of Story Gothi from Erpiki Saga and fold in a lot of the the hauntings, um, the conflict with Arnket. Uh, all that stuff and i think it could be hmm. the, the 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 trouble with his his birthright all of that um right. i think could be a very you you have your central figure is snorri we kind of follow him around and his children around and that gives us access to all the things that we really need um to tell that that interesting story mm-hmm. i agree uh that would be a really good one yeah um if we're talking about uh making a series though i would say i'm gonna i'm gonna put thord menace in there Ooh. Uh, because you know what an ep- it's such an episodic saga that you could really build kind of a series yeah. of long episodes, like almost those you know movie length episodes, like they do with something like Game of Thrones, right? Uh, around each of those kind of build ups to a battle. Well, with that in mind, I think Horde and the Home Dwellers works works equally well. Oh, maybe yeah, you know? yeah. Especially because they have their base that they establish, and then they kind of raid mm-hmm. from there. Um, I think that would be really fascinating. Right. So yeah. I mean, and, you know, if we're thinking about those, something like Gretter, which is also very episodic and uh, has a lot of kind of variations on a theme, could also work. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So basically what we're saying here is we like the idea of sagas being <laughs> the movies. That's exactly right. <laughs> now, but the, the first part of the question we haven't answered, what sagas do you think would make the best big Hollywood movie? Like if they're adapting one that would apply well and, and, and translate well to the big screen, um, what, mm-hmm. what does Hollywood need? And what would they do well with? I mean, I I do think uh, Gisla would make a very good film. Uh, And so that's probably still my answer. But if we're going for epic, Ailsaga. I know. That was, as soon as I read the question, I was like, (laughs) well, it's got to be Ailsaga because he's such a compelling, interesting character. We might have to tone him down a little bit, though. For, well, and as long as I'm going for obvious answers, you know, the the dream casting would be like Ron Perlman about 30 years ago. You know, no nobody plays a character like that, like Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah. I think if I, you know, if I'm if I'm doing this stuff, the the, the hard thing about the casting is I in a movie like these, I don't think I want to see big names, faces that I recognize very much. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. that 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 for me it takes me out of it a little bit. Um, but I does it? Yeah, it does. But I understand why they're there. You know, because that that helps to sell the movie, and they're also very skilled right. at the at what right. they do, which is why they get paid the big bucks. But um, I would like to see kind of the yeah, um, un, kind of unknown actors taking on these mm-hmm. things and getting a good chance to chew some scenery. Yeah. So um, it seems like a way of getting out of having to name names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're up to it, uh, we've got one or two more questions to play with. What's your pleasure? One or two? Uh, I mean, we can do two. Why not? Okay, so this first one comes from Ulrika. Uh, she asked, any chance we could get a fluting match between, or a flighting match, depends on <laughs> how you want to pronounce it, between John and Andy? Oh, between us? Yeah, between us. Oh, I was assuming I was assuming after that ringing endorsement it would be like us against Graham and Ali or something. Oh, that would have been fun. <laughs> I mean, they, they really kind of already... They kind of already nailed they already us. They kind of did that, didn't they? <laughs> So what do you think, John? Um, is this something we want to do? I I'm, I don't know if I'm comfortable sure. with it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> You're fine with it? Yeah. 
See, I'm 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 not so comfortable. I don't want to say something like, "In girth, he's vast; in knowledge, small." A pompous old man. <laughs> that is all. So I don't want to. I don't want to do uh, that kind of huh. thing. Oh, you don't want to do that. No, do you? that would make me feel bad about myself. <laughs> uh huh. Um, all right, then don't. <laughs> I'll merely call you my co-host, my ballast, my junior, hmm. my dead weight, <laughs> whose value is basic, like four and four is eight. That, that's math, Andy. I know that kind of scares you, so I'll keep it simple. My back is killing me from carrying. <laughs> That's really great. That's really, really good. Well, you went. I assume we're going to do some some podcast magic to avoid the long pause when we figure those out. <laughs> uh, well, why would there, the long pause when we figured that out was you writing it for like a half hour before we started? Oh, now. See, now that's more fluting because that's just a lie. <laughs> If, I, if I'd spent half an hour, it would have scanned better. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there you go, uh, uh, Ulrika. Um, you got a little taste of what John can do when he really takes his time. Uh, and he did. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, w- and what I could do when I uh, you know, put the, the minimum effort in. Uh, if I remember correctly, your effort was typing in uh, into ChatGPT, insult John for me. Well, I did have to describe you. <laughs> <laughs> right, well... I see. Basically, basically, what I fed it was what it what it churned out, which was you are you right. are fat, you think you know a lot, right. and you are uh, you know kind of uh, an idiot. So it just <laughs> kind of put it together in a rhyme for me. Sure, sure. <laughs> and and now that's part of the internet. So thank you. For yes, that. yes, that's right. <laughs> Future generations will will know you. All the the robots. There you go. The many generations of robots. <laughs> So what was the other right, question? Yeah, one more question. Um, this question, um, it wasn't sent to us via social media or email. It was actually asked in my kitchen quite recently. Uh, huh. My goodly wife would like to know the following. If you each had to pick a Thingman to represent you in a Saga Thing spinoff podcast, what mm. would be the best pairing? What would they talk about? All right. Well, you've already had time to think about this. So what's your I did. Answer? Well, I mean, I'm going to pair up two people. I'm going to pair up one of mine and one of yours right away. Oh, wait a minute. You, know, well, I, you asked me. You don't get to pick mine. You asked me. And mine, my right. pick is very dependent on your pick in, in, in many ways because I do think the pairing is important, right? So I think having – if we want to keep the saga thing kind of style going, we got to get mm-hmm. Arnbjorn Thorson from Ale Saga – yeah, Ailes BFF paired up with Ailes Scott the Grimson. Okay, I could see that because I mean there'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of self important poetry, right? And Ale would kind of fly off the handle. He would go a little too far mm-hmm. sometimes. Arnbjorn would bring him back in, you know. Uh, but Arnbjorn's also sure. he he's a thoughtful, well educated, interesting man in his own right, and so I think they'd feed off each other in uh, I think a fairly productive and interesting way. <laughs> what do you think? I'm not saying Armbjorn's the best choice. I think that that pairing is a, is a really good one. Right, right. Now, if I'm if I'm not going for pairing from the same song, it doesn't have to be. But uh, I'm going to go with the Drop Loggersons. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> they need they need a third. That'd mic. be a fun one. I think they need a third mic. 
Do they? Yeah, because then, like, <laughs> like much like Ale, Thormod's going to just kind of recite poetry a lot uh-huh. and talk about the women he's been with. <laughs> um, I think, uh, let's see, if I'm doing from different sagas, um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, uh, your pick of Olaf Peacock. Oh yeah. Uh, and my pick of Snorri Gothi. Oh, those are great. Yeah. I mean, Olaf Peacock really came to mind. If I was really picking from my Thingman, I have three main ones that I think are great. Olaf Peacock would be a good mm-hmm. host. Kauri Samundersen. I mean, what a guy. Sure. Uh, and then Thorfinn Karlsefni. And I, I picked him because he is a well-traveled individual. And I think this would be a very different style podcast. But Thorfinn Karlsefni uh-huh. could do an interesting podcast about his many, many journeys and the kinds of people he's met. <laughs> and uh, he could he could maybe pair up with with someone that you've got. I don't know. Well, if we're doing if you're going to do Kari Selmunderson, I would actually suggest uh, Al Veston's daughter as a pair for him. Oh, interesting. I think they I think they would go very well together. They're both they're both quick. They both uh, they both attack in unexpected ways. Yeah. I think they'd make a very interesting combination. Interesting. I uh, like that. Um, I think you know again depending on what the pairing is that would determine what they're going to talk about. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I think mostly about how my hall is better than yours. I think a lot of what they'll talk about is the petty feuds and dishonors that they've uh, seen, uh, yeah, and how they seems more likely how it? they plan to kill those who have wronged them. <laughs> you know, fair. It's a lot of complaining about who's grazing whose sheep where. That's what I think they'll talk right. about. That <laughs> <laughs> that actually does seem very likely. Doesn't it? Yeah. So maybe maybe those wouldn't be the best podcasts after all. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to the conclusion of this first part of our 10th anniversary episode. John, happy anniversary, buddy. But happy anniversary. We're not done with uh, anniversary episode. 10 to go, is that right? That's right. But we're not done with uh, anniversary episode celebrations. We've got other things for you. Um, it, when you finish this episode, you can jump right into our next part of this, which is a, a very special episode done with some very special <laughs> guest hosts. That's right. There is there is no limit to how much we're willing to chuff ourselves over having done this. <laughs> I think uh, I think the key here is uh, we've done a lot of sagas, and you and I are looking for to have a little bit of fun. And so we walked down memory lane in this episode. We got to kind of interact with listeners uh, through our social media stuff, and then kind of go you know uh, interact with them here on the podcast. Um, but mm-hmm. now it's time to interact with some of our favorite uh, our favorite podcast hosts. All right, great. Uh, so, I mean, do we need to say goodbye, or are we just going to have people flip right over? My advice would be you just listen to the closing music here, and then you flip right over to the next thing because you've already been you've already put in an hour and forty five minutes, two hours, however long this is going to be. So oh, why no. not? Who, you got another hour in you, don't you? <laughs> this is like a Scorsese film, John. That's that's right. That's exactly what this is like in so many ways. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, John, it's been fun. Uh, It's been a good 10 years. Um, Excellent. Saga thing is done. Goodbye. (laughs) See you on the other side of the closing credits. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye for now.
Cornish Yarg cheese in podcast format.